In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode 103. Get out of my dreams and into my car. Get out of my dreams. <laughs> did it. I went for that it. That was a look of like almost pain. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not gonna. And yep, then I'm you gonna, did. I'm gonna. Yeah. Because how can you not when you hear this song? You know, I wonder if the youths understand this song, know this song. I doubt it. I doubt because it. this accompanied that... Uh, the quintessential teen movie, License to Drive, yes. with Corey Haim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Corey Feldman. I don't know. I assume they Probably. were a they were always, deal at the like time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But when I think about this song now, I think of it as just one big red flag. <laughs> because if somebody's like, get out of my dreams and in my car, I'm like, ah, uh, first of all, it is aggressive. Very aggressive, yes. Aggressive. Yeah. Second of all, presumptuous. Yeah. It kind of feels like a, a cat calling taken to an extreme. Yes. And maybe a serial killer telling you to get in his car. And listen, what? let's just get to the end here. Okay. okay I'm in your dreams. Then you want yeah. me in your car. Yeah. I'm going to disappoint you. Because uh, totally. whatever you built up in your dreams, that's not what's getting in that's your car. That's not the reality. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to be a little gassy because yeah. this seems like a nervous situation. Absolutely. I'm going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. Probably sweaty. Yeah, very sweaty. I'm going to be very uncomfortable. At multiple points, I'm probably going to try and do things like hop out of the car. Yeah. Tuck and roll. <laughs> You may have to pick me up if I can cuss myself. So, along with just a lot of word vomit. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're nervous and you're trying to fill the space, and I'm like, I'm in this random car. I better yeah. make conversation with this dude so he doesn't kill me. I was going to say, I'm going to ask you multiple times, are you going to kill me? Right, right, right. So, I'm just saying, let's get to the end of this where you say, wait a minute, you're not what was in my dreams. Get out of my car. Get out of my car. I'll be like, gladly, happy to oblige. This happy. is quite a scenario that you've. You know, I wonder yeah. if this is what Billy Ocean thought of when he so. created this song. I think that's just good self-awareness uh, yeah. to know that you're not the ideal kidnapping victim. L- yeah, listen, I'm not on a pedestal in no. real life. <laughs> I am very much feet on the ground. Yeah. And these feet are weird feet. And I trip over these feet a lot. I'm going to so trip getting into your car. I'm trip getting in the car. And then it's going to be very ungraceful once I'm in the car. Yeah. And getting out of the car is going to be worse. You're right. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Also, what kind of car is it? What do you imagine? Good point. Yeah, Good because point. for whatever reason, I always imagine the car from Dumb and Dumber, like the door, <laughs> him trying to get out and he can't. That's what I picture. Like I was picturing a, a DeLorean okay. from Back to the Future. Yeah, I see? mean, Similar. that, the door opens for you. Yeah. And then you can get in. I like it. But then if you're stuck in the car, you have to wait for the door to like, 
Yeah. That's very. That's true. How that's do you get be out difficult. quickly? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm glad we dissected that Me thoroughly. Me too. too. Well, it yeah. helps because we just thought it would be a great episode to talk about red flags, mm. making bad decisions, ignoring red flags. Yes. Proceeding with no caution. Right. Bad ideas. What a terrific topic for our picks. Yes. And what a terrific topic to, you know, ask each other some questions about. Agreed. Can I start and sure. ask you a question, sure. Aaron? Yeah. Okay. Hit me with it. If, I mean, thinking about red flags, mm-hmm. let's say that you were invited to teach a master class on red flags. Mm-hmm. What might be on the syllabus? Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a short master class. Oh. It's going to be one thing. Okay. Okay. If you fill it in your tum, it's time to run. Okay? If you, and it rhymes in everything. If you feel it in your tum tum. <gasps> it's time to run, run. Time to run, run. Wow. Because you cannot and will not right that ship. If you think you can overcome that red flag, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's everything you need to know mm-hmm. in a quick and pithy slogan you feel it that in your we tum. can merchandise. Yeah. You think you can ignore it. You think, oh, I, it's not a, I can deal with this. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll work it out. If they give you, you your rumblies in the tummies. Nope. It's going to get worse. Yeah. Those rumblies are going to get bigger. Yeah. Those running is going to get harder. Yeah. And then it might turn into actual running when he reveals himself. And I'm saying he Correct. because it's yeah. going to be that. Right. Uh, as a, uh, a bad, bad, bad yeah. dude. Serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if you feel it in your tum, get those feet a moving. <laughs> no, that's not as good as what you said. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to go back to the rhyming. You better get to <laughs> No, I can't quite land it again. If you feel it in your tum, it's time to run. Time to okay. run. There it is. There it is. There it is. Right. At least it came out perfect the first yeah. time. Then you were just trying to remember that yeah, perfection you feel that it in you your had tum, said. It's time to run. Yes. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Feel it in your tum, it's time to run. I'm seeing t-shirts. I'm seeing. I think we can make phone screensavers. <laughs> like if you feel it in your tum, it's time to run. So that you could repeat to yourself. Yes. You could look at sure. it and be like. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Red yeah, flag. Yeah. Yep. Red yep. flag. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a hell of a master class. I hope you're charging a lot of money for that. I am. Good. Ob- obscene amount of money. <laughs> like so much it's going to be on an American Greed episode. Good. Yeah. And then people are going to be like, there was one thing. And I'll be like, tell me it's not valuable. Yeah. Tell me it's not valuable. Tell me it's not succinct. What are tells you everything you're you need willing to, to pay. <laughs> what's a price even mean? Come on. Okay, so assuming oh you graduated from my master class. Obviously. What are the top three things you think are red flags on a first date? Okay, the list is very long. Yeah. In comparison to your very short list, the list of specifics is an entire syllabus. Yes. Like you said, yes. it, it, it is a book. Mm-hmm. But here's a few okay. that I think are good. When a, uh, 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 a man mm-hmm. declares that he is super feminist, I think that is a dirty lie and... <laughs> Is designed to cover what is going to occur next, which is some very bad behavior. What do you feel in your tum when that's said? You feel, oh shit. Run. Run. Oh yeah, run. I wasn't I wasn't following the slogan. Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. let's you try it. Feel it in your tum. I gotta run. I gotta run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I agree with that. Super feminist. Yes. That's I'm the insane. most feminist guy there is. Something like that? No. Get the fuck out of there. Why are you even bringing that up? Why are you even bringing that up? Because they're trying to deflect. Yeah. Okay. Number two, any discussion about Bitcoin or finances? Oh, shit. You don't want no NFTs up in here. (laughs) (laughs) Because A, it's going to be very long winded. You're not going to have to say a thing, but you're also going to have to nod along like you're interested. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very convoluted and it's going to be something like, oh, you wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Finance, bro out of here yes red and flag the, run yes the final one is also if someone claims to be like apolitical or like oh i just don't get into politics because then that means they've never had to get into politics they've never oh, had to worry about something yes. that affects them because their life has been so damn perfect that is a good point right if you say you're apolitical it just means that you're ignorant by choice yeah and it means that you're not going to care about the things that are important to me to you yeah to us, to us. yes yes that's a good one I never so I thought think of it that way. All of those indicate mm-hmm. a uh, a lack of concern about the other party in that date. Yeah, and is mostly just a soapbox for him to dump all of this word vomit upon you. Agreed. Yeah, a bad date. You got a bad feeling in your tum. Time to run. Time to run. Time to run. Yeah. 
before you get the runs because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you're going to spend a lifetime in the bathroom if you ignore yes. these red flags. You're going to spend every single date. The aftermath of each date is violent diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we just declare that. That's, that's what you're signing up for, okay? Little Mermaid, they took her voice. So she couldn't speak. No. You're going to have violent diarrhea yeah. for the rest of days. Exactly. And no one wants that. You can't live with you that. Can't live you like can't that. live like that. You can't live like that. So just to recap, <laughs> you're going to go out in the living room. You're going to be hit with, I just spent our life savings on Bitcoin right back to the bathroom. Yeah. Violent diarrhea. You're never going to leave the bathroom. It's never going to happen. Because yeah. every time you go out there. There's going to be something weird. You're going to be like, like I married oh, that guy. listen to what like, this politician is saying. Politics is so stupid. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Let me go back to the bathroom. Um, if I ask you to make dinner, I mean, it's just because, like, I mean, I'm a super feminist. I don't think you should have to make Such dinner. Such a feminist. I but, just, you know, like, maybe maybe you could try it. Yeah, like, just try it. Like, have you ever really liked, like, you know, you yeah. might like cooking. Yeah. You might like cleaning up after me. Right. I, I'm a feminist, so I'm pretty clean. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Oh, boy. So, you know, I think one of the mm-hmm. things about red flags is we wish that we had the ability mm-hmm. to maybe see into the future mm-hmm. and spot when there might be a finance bro coming our way, mm-hmm. trying to get up in our pants right, and cause us violent diarrhea. Uh-huh. So does going to a psychic interest you? No. Why not? <laughs> because I have too much anxiety already. <laughs> and I... Most of the time, the only way that I can show up places is to convince myself it's not going to be as bad as I think. Absolutely. So if I know for a fact it is going to oh my be God, yeah. as bad as I think. There's no fucking way. I'm not getting out of bed. No. Because what do you do? Now you got the feeling in your tum. You need to run. But, but you can't run. You know that you're destined to be there and watch things fall apart. So you're denying your own slogan. Yes. First of all, it's like not having actual intuition. You're taking out the intuition. Yeah. And you're allowing someone to tell you what's going to happen. So then you just sort of become numb because you're then you're just... Letting things happen to you. You're not an active participant. You're so right. You have no choice or agency at that point. And hey, even if we don't really have control, we want the illusion of control. I want the illusion. I want the yeah. illusion. Yes. Yes. Don't tell me that I, in 20 years, I'm going to wake up next to my finance, bro. <laughs> Still suffering from violent Still diarrhea. in the bed. <laughs> and that's my life. I mean, I need to, I need to get there on my own. So to. if a psychic were to tell you your future, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think like, oh, I need to change it. You're like, oh, this is what I'm doomed to right. live out. Right. It reminds me a little bit of like diet culture in a way. Like, yeah. You, you need to feed that intuition. It's hungry and you need to t- harness it. Make it your own. Instead of trying to cut it off with a Snackwell's cookie or a psychic. <laughs> or a Halo Top ice cream. A Halo Top ice cream. Or whatever other styrofoam rice cake you find, mm-hmm. you need to feed it what it needs and honor it. It's a good point. Like in seriousness, we have to ignore our intuition so much. Mm-hmm. So by actually acknowledging it, yes, feeding it, yes, allowing it to thrive, yes, we can get out of violent diarrhea. Absolutely. I think I've said that phrase five We've times. Said it a now. Lot. We have said it a lot. <laughs> a lot of that has happened. And it's disgusting, but it's also a visual that Apologies we all if you're listening to this during a meal. <laughs> we're happy to be with you and we're sorry what we I did. I would think past episodes would uh make sure that you don't listen to this during a meal. I because hope so, you know but yeah. Who I mean, knows? I like to think we can go anywhere, but Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've harnessed it. Yeah. You're acknowledging it. Yeah. New job, mm-hmm. red flags, first day on a job or oh, on a job. God. Again, so many. Yeah. There's multiple chapters in the book that I'm going to write about okay, red good. flags. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, one of them is if you are forced into icebreakers slash forced fun. Ooh. Ooh. Listen, yeah. we all know my, my view on games. Mm-hmm. Corporate games is a personal hell. Like if I picture yeah. a hell, mm-hmm. that is a personal hell. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not super alone on that idea. No. So I think that that's a red flag for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. It's also, not a smart management decision. No. Let's put that oh, out there. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, also, if no one speaks about the person that you're replacing. Like if there's no oh. discussion. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no discussion whatsoever of the person oh, you've replaced. Oh, my god. I see a couple problems. One, that person was very very bad and they just don't want to uh you know sully 
the what you're going to bring. Okay. I think that's very unlikely. Okay. I think instead, what has happened is either one, the person died from overwork oh. and they don't want to mention it. Okay. Or two, the person did really, really good. And somehow they want you to sort of uh, be a psychic and figure out what that person did and yeah. do it better. Uh-huh. It's not a good thing, no uh-huh. matter what. Uh-huh. Well, either way, I see a ghost because if, they're, yes. if they've died, now I'm being haunted by this overwork yeah, exactly. ghost. Yeah. If they didn't, I'm being haunted by this excellent ghost that I can't quite figure exactly. out. So it's not, it's a, a, there's no winning. There's no win. In that situation. There is no win. No. Yeah. And Ooh. my third and final one is if uh, human resources is just one dude. And I say that from experience. Yeah. That's not a good thing. It's not good. Because then, you know, if it's just one dude, um, there's there's no oversight. No. And that one dude can look at your boobs while giving you a performance review. Like, it's not a good situation. Yeah. And so these are all things that if this happens, listen, I know you're probably excited about this new job, Mm. but your tum is going to start rumbling. You feel it in your tum. It's time to run. Time to run. I can tell you feel it. Mm -hmm. So you better honor it. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Get out. You know, some of these things you can suss out during the interview. Absolutely. If you're on yeah. your game and you're thinking about yes. red flags, you can pick them up. You know, I think that's another problem. In job interviews, I think we are taught to approach it as like, please pick me pick instead me. of us yeah. looking critically around at like, okay, what's what's the vibe here? Yeah. What is this? Is the vibe giving me a good feeling in my tum? Or a bad feeling in my tum? Because it was giving me a bad feeling that I need to get out of here. Right. I don't want to take this job if they offer it to me. No, no, you're right. That is a lot of that. You were always selling ourselves instead of being like, wait a minute. Yeah. Do I belong here? And I know I've done that way too many times in my own Well, I think, aren't we kind of trained to do that in every situation? Absolutely. We're always selling ourselves. Always selling ourselves. Instead of looking at being like, wait, do I want to be doing this? And trying to be nice and pleasant and like, please. Yes. Look how cool I am. Right. And really, it's Mm. a team you don't want to be picked for. No. Everyone, look at the haggard look on everyone's face. Run. Run. Look at how malnourished they are. Ooh. Look at the dark circles Mm -hmm. under their eyes. Mm -hmm. Look at all the alcohol hiding in clear sight. Oh, that's true. A lot of ironic t-shirts. Oh, God. That's a bad one. I feel like also when there's like, you hear about all these great perks now, like, oh, there's bagels every day or there's like a breakfast buffet. I feel like, do you know what the toll is for that? A piece of your soul. Yeah. It's literally not $2. It's literally a break off a little piece of you, give it to them, and then you can have free coffee. Yes, because it's all hiding the actual yes. work underneath. Yes. And there's an expectation, like, look at all the things we give you. Yeah. Like, why can't you work cool. 16 hours a day? You can use a scooter to go to the copy room. Why are you mad? <laughs> Come on. Did we tell you about our crypto offering? Don't pay me in crypto. Don't I will do lose it. my mind. Don't do it. How do I get the money out of there? Yeah, I think don't about understand all the, it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it either. And I've had multiple people try to explain it to me and I don't, I don't want think it's real. No. It's not real. No, it it's feels like real. it pulls in a very specific demographic. I don't think it's a coincidence that it came out around the same time as the electronic bankers for Monopoly. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that it's the same thought. It's fake money electronically. It really feels fake. It yeah. doesn't feel real. No. I don't know. Maybe this is just us railing against the advancement of time and progress, but I don't think so. No. I think we're raising mm-hmm. valid points. I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As are our picks. Yes. I mean, how about that transition? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was stellar. Tum approves. <laughs> I mean, it is a, 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 from our last discussion about mm-hmm. corporate red flags to this pick mm-hmm. is actually a, a, a straight line. Oh, nice. So my fiction pick is called The Very Nice Box. Very good. By Laura Blackett and Eve Gleichman. So I want you to think of Ikea, Ooh, right? Okay. The, the furniture you get with these very clean lines and supposedly simple assembly. It's never, <laughs> yeah, it's never really simple. Right. <laughs> Uh, just the aesthetic of it, you know, very mm-hmm. minimal. Mm-hmm. The, the sort of cult behind it, like so many people love IKEA. Yeah, right? yeah. So you got that in mind. Now think of Stada, the furniture furniture company that's at the center of this book. Oh. Okay? So Ava is a designer for Stada, and her purpose is to design storage boxes. Okay. She's a hard worker. She's kind of obsessive, and she wants to make the perfect box. It's very likely that some of her work obsession is she's subsuming her grief because in the past year, her girlfriend and her parents were killed 
in an accident. Oh, my gosh. And Ava's been a loner since, so she's just throwing herself yeah. into work. Then enter a new boss, Matt. Mm. He is super charismatic. Mm-hmm. The hip boss guy who has ideas is going to shake things up. Ugh. That's another fl- red flag. Shake Shaking things, things up. up is a bad. Yeah. Unless it's Yahtzee. Keep it to yourself. Yes. He brings in stuff like, quote, neg alarms. What's that? Which means you can't say no or but in a meeting. You have to frame everything positively. If you say no, then, oh, neg alarm. Nope. Got to reframe that. Okay. Oh, yeah, that no. look of horror on your face. Yeah, oh, that's no. what you should be thinking. No, he's also bringing in all these benefits that are mandatory, like a therapy app that everyone needs to use. Like his thought is like everyone needs therapy, so everyone use this app. Oh, okay, okay. Listen, good idea. Therapy is great, but forcing people? No, not cool. Okay. So Ava is immediately alarmed. Sure. She doesn't like change. She yeah. doesn't want to change things. Doesn't like this in-your-face guy, but. Doing the therapy feels good. She's gone through some shit. Okay, yeah. Right? So therapy feels good. And Matt starts to pay a lot of attention to her and starts to charm her. And despite her reservations, despite some of her intuitions, despite a lot of things, they get together as a couple. Oh, no. And Ava really likes having someone in her life again. You know, someone who seems just as into it as she is, who seems to just take on some of these things that she doesn't feel very versed in. Like he's the super social guy and she's just kind of quieter and it feels kind of comfortable to just sink into that. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, and you knew this was coming. He's not who he says he is. Mm. And I can't say much more than that because there's a lot of great reveals and some suspenseful stuff at the end. And it's, Uh. it's really, really interesting. And I chose it for this theme because I think this is red flag central. Yeah. And despite herself, despite probably recognizing a lot of red flags with Matt, with this job and where it's headed, um, Ava ignores them. And I don't think that's all on her because he is working very hard to be charming and she's still in pain. So the combination of those two things, you could easily overlook Uh a lot of red flags. Absolutely. And when you bring in the corporate environment, which I think generally is just filled with all sorts of things we don't want to do. Right. And situations that we feel uncomfortable in anyway, but we have to participate. We have to do it. That muddles things more because even if you spot a red flag, you got to got to ignore it or you won't get paid right yeah there's yeah we didn't really mention that that sometimes it's just swallowing the red flags because you got to make that money yeah so you work every day yeah with violent diarrhea yeah exactly (laughs) i want like a counter of how many times i say that phrase that'd be great we should put that in the show notes violent (laughs) diarrhea was used 27 times so I think, you know, with the corporate environment, especially, it's easy to make bad decisions. Yes. And sometimes bad decisions are rewarded mm-hmm. in the corporate environment. So overall, this is a quick read. It's suspenseful. It's sweet. It's funny. There's there's a lot of different stuff here. And I think it's got a lot for everybody. So it's, oh. uh, yeah, I recommend it. Well, in typical ride or die fashion, I also picked a book that is all about corporate red flags. Excellent. And it is called Black Buck by Matteo Scarapore. Ooh, I've been hearing about this. It was published in January 2021. It's his debut novel. And you know that I love a novel that can work in some dark humor. Oh, yes. And this one's doing that while it's throwing red flags at you like crazy. Perfection. So Darren is 22 and he is working at Starbucks and he's good at it. He's a shift supervisor. He's well liked by his peers. He doesn't seem to have a lot of, um, I don't know if I want to call it motivation or he just doesn't see the need right now to do anything different. He's living with his mom still in uh, a brownstone that they have in bed that they've had since his dad died. He feels very responsible for his mom. He has a girlfriend that he's had since middle school, basically. He loves the neighborhood. He likes all the characters. He's just living his life and he's happy. He's content with that. I think he thinks that there's more out there, but he's just not at the point that he wants to jump off. But then at Starbucks one day, this yuppie tech startup bro oh, no. comes into Starbucks. And for some reason, Darren feels compelled to show him that there's a different drink that he would like better. And he does such an effective job of selling him on it. And he's so kind of brazen with it that the startup bro is immediately interested. His name is Rhett. And he's like, wow, you have some natural sales ability. Why don't you come see me tomorrow oh, at this time? And Darren's like, nah, he talks himself out of it. That's yeah. not going to work out, whatever. So when he doesn't show up, 
the guy comes because the the uh, company is in the top of this building where oh. Starbucks is. So he comes down and is like, why wouldn't you come? Takes him by the arm and brings him upstairs and shows him this world. And Rhett, by all accounts, seems very genuine. He seems like he's really interested in helping him. And he's very passionate about the company. But at this point, Darren still hasn't even figured out what the company does. Oh, boy. And That's another red flag, by the way. Yeah. If you can't succinctly say what the company does. No, it's not good. But he's looking around and he's seeing like people are, there's a lady that has a pet pig for some reason in the office and oh. there's free food everywhere mm-hmm. and everybody, there seems to be almost this community atmosphere. So he's, a, and he doesn't have a lot of experience. So he's thinking, well, okay. So he ends up, after he talks to Rhett, in this very weird power dynamic interview with a guy named Clyde, who seems to be Rhett's. And that's when red flags start coming up. Like very, not even do I want to say subtle racism, but a lot oh of racism. Oh boy. Just things getting thrown at him that he's like, okay, this is this is weird. And this is where he gets his nickname, Buck. But I, oh! won't, I won't tell you how. I'll just tell you. I won't ruin that reveal for you. But he swallows it because when they tell him about the money and the opportunities he's going to have, he's like, holy buckets. He goes home and talks to his mom. And basically everyone... Being somewhat naive about startups and tech world is like, you need to do this. Like, yeah. this is your chance. Yeah. And so he spends the next months ignoring every red flag that gets dumped on him because he's listening to the other voices in his head saying, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove that you're worth this. Yeah, he's the totally. only black person hired by this company at this point. And he's young. He's and young, he's new. And he has no experience. Yeah. He didn't go to college. So he's like, I just, I ha- it's going to be hard and I have to keep doing it. It's going to be, that's what he keeps saying. Even when he's being a abused basically on the job when terrible things are happening when he questions why they're treating people that way come to find out what the company does is it basically sells online therapy to anyone to companies and then they get a deal and they can use the app for their um employees but the way they do this is that they get therapists from all over the world to sign up but they're not really doing their due diligence about whether these people are as trained as oh, they should God. be or any of these things. Like they do ratings and they, you know, investigate if someone says something. So this all comes to a head in a scene and it kind of changes the trajectory of his life. And the rest of the novel is him kind of trying to get back to where he started, but he's this whole different version. And the push and pull of that is amazing. Um, this idea of having balance of what makes you happy, but also be having a successful career and which one's more important. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, there's an interesting structure to it. There's parts of it that are like a sales manual. Like it'll step off and oh say, my this is a quote from, you know, da, da, da. This is how you should do sales. So the whole thing oh. is written like Buck, Darren, uh-huh. is teaching you how to be a good salesman. But he's telling oh. this story. Fascinating. You're never going to guess where it ends up. There's so many twists and turns. Like I said, it's so funny. He's got a, a very... Um, intriguing gripping writing voice right out of the gate like you're sucked in like you're all in on darren no matter what he does because you just feel for him you want to follow him you want it all to work out um you know there's some heavy themes in here there's race in corporate america you know uh particularly in tech startup companies Mm -hmm. i think that that's come out more and more definitely um and I picked this because he just ignores every red flag yeah. that he's presented with. But I also like that it's kind of a story about how it's hard sometimes to, even if you know it's not quite right, sometimes it's hard to have the backbone to say, well, that matters more than this red flag. Like, especially, I have to make the money. So. Yeah, especially if there's a lot of money involved, especially yes. if there's potential benefits to supposedly get you a better life. Like, Yeah, he's got family concerns. I mean, it just seems like an opportunity. His mom works in a factory that deals with chemicals, and he's very worried about that yeah. on her body. So he's thinking, if I make enough money, I can get her out of there. Like, he just uh, has all these other pressures that are making ignoring red flags very difficult. And like, you know, we said at the beginning, oh, all these red flags... And we obviously know it's not always that easy to just run, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's probably the better decision. Yeah, but you're right. It takes you a while to get there. Yeah. Because we're taught not to do that. We're taught, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to work, we're taught that we put up with a lot of shit. Right. You have to put up with like maybe some asshole people that are on your team. You have to put up with long hours. You have to put up with a lack of social life and maybe a lack of, you know, mental support. Like there's so much built into 
corporate America. Yes. That were just like, just deny yourself, ignore yourself. And I feel like his character too, he knows when there's red flags and he wants to say something about it, but... He, it's also like a weird game. Like he doesn't know when he should say something and when he shouldn't. Like they're all equally bad, but this time I say something and this other time I don't because it feels like the climate is better over here oh, and not boy. so good over here. Or maybe I can say it to this person, but I can't say it to this person. It's like this constant game he's trying to figure out, which is I feel like very accurate to some yeah. workplaces, you know, that it's you know your boundaries are being crossed, but you don't know how to express that and you don't know how to express that and keep your job. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? That's the rub right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So it's it's a doozy. It was great. I loved it. And can't wait to see what he comes up with next because it was a good, it was a really good, it's a quick read too because mm-hmm. it's funny and you're in it and you have to, like it's, you want to know what happens. So it is interesting that we both picked like picks about work. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like when we first came up with the idea for this theme, it wasn't my first thought I was thinking about like relationships yeah, and me stuff. Too. But yeah. as we got into this, like it, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, work is red flag central. Yes. Where we have to make bad decisions because people tell us to. Absolutely. Yes. Or we don't get the money that allows us to feed the cats. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. To feed the cat colony feed- <laughs> that is quickly and swiftly growing outside your home. <laughs> Specifically. Specifically, yeah, yeah, to speak of the, mm-hmm. the colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we've covered the fact that you tried to do the kindest thing I've ever heard, which mm. was take some cats and get them to the shelter before winter because you have mm-hmm. quite a few cats that have now figured out that you are kind-hearted and yeah. will feed them yeah. regularly. Yes. And even give them love if they yes. need it. But yes. pet them, make them feel like they're at home. Yes. So they have made their home your home there yeah home, yeah the they, they were like oh she's an easy mark yes and, and so you did yeah. what everything everyone in the system that's supposed to help you told you to do which was you need to trap them and bring them and we'll get them into the adoption center mm-hmm. and instead what happened <laughs> was they brought the cats back and re-released them in your backyard yes they did because quote they didn't like it they didn't like the it at the shelter, shelter. Yeah. they were worked up yes unquote yes which I would think those cats are heeding what they're what we're saying. I would say that's a red flag for their tum tums are working overtime, uh-huh. and they're uh-huh. like, "This is a bad, bad place." Uh-huh. And they're trying to run. Uh-huh. And I, I want to also mention that they they gave that barely forty eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> before they said, "Oh, these cats!" Wow. Yeah, it wasn't even forty eight. It was the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Which is so. It feels like um, the people that run animal services don't know animals or like mm-hmm. them. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's not how it works. What I feel like happened is they came into your backyard. They were releasing them. And immediately I went to that Parks and Rec scene, which was like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> like they were just dancing away in your backyard. Like, don't mind us. Because they didn't even tell you. No, you they didn't even tell me. to the, see oh, them. I just happened to walk by the window and see a lady open up two cages into my side yard and then little darts of fur taking off which good for them because they were like this lady is scary with her cages and her so now they've just you've just accepted it i have just accepted and committed that i have a colony of cats and indoor cats and this was not the life i predicted for myself no but it also does put you in a situation where you have to ignore some red flags because i do Meow mix is not cheap <laughs> for that many cats. Exactly. And there are many times, you know, the the original podcasts. Yeah. Um, where like Louise is sitting on my lap during work and stretching out her murder mittens and trying to like, you know, catch my skin because it's stupid and it doesn't cover much. Yeah. And I said, listen, I got to make money to pay for the food that you eat for the water fountain for the water fountain for the toys for the beds please don't cut me please just because i'm not giving you enough attention at this very moment just don't cut me it's such a small request listen i've got scratches all over i don't need more but we all know cats only obey themselves so that's very true so i am living a life where i have to subsume all of the uh, red flags Mm -hmm. and i'm living a life based on maybe a bad decision that i made which was to feed a stray cat that i found (laughs) a year ago i just 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if we want to trace the origin, but that doesn't seem fair. That does not seem fair. <sighs> Moral of the story is can't shut it off. No. Can't shut it off. You can't. So yeah. feeding cats. Moral of the story is somehow you're doing the job, which are, I mean, I don't want to be this guy, but which our taxpaying dollars go to, which is the animal service. Maybe I should get some of the taxes. I like, kind of think so. You should be getting a some stipend. Taxes to me. Yes, yeah. I need a stipend. For feeding all these animals. Yeah. It's... It's not a small feat. It's not a small feat. Thankfully, they're cute. Yeah, that does yeah. help. Um, in other genres. Yes. I have a delightful small book that maybe is a coffee table book, but a coffee table book you picture is like a big sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But this is a small, easily digestible, extremely funny book mm-hmm. called Men to Avoid in Art and Life. Mm. And this is by Nicole Tresini. And... The main gist of this is that every page is an old painting, like antiquity, mm-hmm. and it is paired with modern mansplaining. So this is very visual. So let me just share a few examples yes. to try and capture it for you. Perfect. Example one, there's a painting of a woman with a basket on her head mm-hmm. and a kid at her side, and then a dude in a top hat blocking her way saying, I can see you're very busy, but I just had to tell you, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. <laughs> Yep. Nailed it. Yep. Another one. A painting of a woman and a man at a restaurant. And a woman is sort of looking away forlornly like, oh, dear God, help me. And the man says, and that is my long and unsolicited opinion on the thing that is your area of expertise. Which. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Uh-huh. yep. Most often our bodies. <laughs> Uh-huh. Let me tell you where your vagina is. Oh, that's an nope, actual conversation you've had. It is the one. Yeah. It is one that I've yeah, had. Yeah. Um, then there's a painting of a man with his arm around a woman. He's pouring her some booze. And the woman is looking a little suspicious. And the guy says, that's why it's actually harder to be a white man these days. What's perfect is each time the woman in the painting looks like we all do when a dude is trying to tell us where our vagina is. Yeah. That look of, are you fucking kidding me? Mixed with, please help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Someone. Another woman around here, help me. Anyone. Anyone. And I chose it for this theme because just like the title says, this is Red Flag Central. These are men to avoid. Yeah. In art and life. And it's all the things that guys might say that you should run for the hills. Mm -hmm. So all those red flags I mentioned on the first date, any of these statements, those account. Yeah. I like, too, that the book is organized. Like, it's it's a very simple concept, but it's so brilliant and so funny. And she's organized it into categories, too. There's the mansplainer. There's the concern troll. Oh. There's the comedian who explains jokes, even the woman's own jokes. Uh-huh. There's the sexpert. Oh. And then there's the patronizer, just the general. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And yeah. So I think I read this in maybe 20 minutes. I remember when you read it, you thought it was, I mean, you told me about it. And Terrific. It was great. Yes. It was a great guffaw. Yeah. Great guffaw. And so, yeah, I highly recommend it. That's a and good one. if anyone, uh, you know, if, if you happen to have someone in your life who doesn't understand mansplaining, this is a great visual aid. Yeah. Christmas season's fast approaching. There you go. This is a great gifting book. It is. Great gifting opportunity. Like, listen, don't do this. Don't do it. Don't do this it. This is your instruction manual for what not to do. Don't do this. <laughs> That also brings me to another thing that we didn't cover that you also gained this week besides what? a colony of cats, oh. which is you have finally made it to yes. a level of stardom yeah. with your book that you had not one, mm-hmm. but two trolls Listen, this week. Two, two of them. Trolls. And neither yeah. had any kind of grasp of the English language. <laughs> And I don't mean that they don't speak English. I mean that they somehow can't use it correctly. Can't use it correctly. Yeah. Uh, They have six followers. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the other one. I don't remember either, but it was very low. Mm -hmm. One was on Twitter. One was on Instagram. Okay, that's right. Yes. And both were in response to a Vox article that I wrote. Which was wonderful. About diet culture. Mm -hmm. And so all of the things we've talked about on this podcast, I shared some personal stories. It was Some of the things that we've learned. And of course... I've had wonderful comments from lots of women, which is great. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's really resonating with some people. (laughs) There was one dude who wrote that uh, Vox was suspect for allowing all these falsities to be published. Yeah. That was six followers guy. But that's also, he also threw something in there about a victim, which didn't fit in the sentence. No, 
Yeah, no, it seemed didn't like work. maybe he just heard that as a word and thought right. that that was necessary. Like, this is what everyone's saying now. Yeah, like you're a vic- you're playing a victim. I know that it's not this guy, but uh-huh. how I like to picture him is the shaman from the insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picture typing on the oh, other yeah, end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then Instagram guy, uh-huh. similar, mm-hmm. and that was the comment that contained three sentences that still. Once we've read it multiple, multiple times, have no clue what it was saying. No idea. But again, it was something about like, oh, you're playing the victim, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. No idea what that meant. And mm-hmm. clearly didn't actually read. No. It, it's so weird. Yeah. It's such a weird phenomenon. Like, I truly think that it is not even, I don't think it's a red flag. I think it's a big, fat, white flag that's like, you are this popular. <laughs> That people feel the need to attack you. I think that's a level. It's sad that that's true in our society, but I think it is. And that's what we need to celebrate Mm -hmm. is that you got to the point that you got not only one, Mm -hmm. one troll is an accomplishment. Multiple platforms. In two different platforms. Yeah. Come on. And I will say that that's given Aaron and I a lot to talk about this week. Yes. And we consistently have. Congratulations, uh, trolls, on making us feel great. (laughs) Job fucking accomplished. You are living your best life, and we're here for it. So we have two new nemeses. Yeah. They went right to the top of the grudge report. So fast. So fast. It was a delightful mm-hmm. addition to the week. You're right. Thank you delightful. for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. I feel like the world needs to Yeah, know. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my other genre pick this week is a anthology of crime fiction. Oh, boy. Called Midnight Hour, a chilling anthology of crime fiction from 20 acclaimed authors of color. And this is edited by Abby Van Diver, who she also has a story included. Um, It was released on November 9th by Crooked Lane Books, which if you have heard of that, it might be because you have uh, Callie White's book. That's right, yes. The Monsters We Make. Yes. Same press. But like I said, it's a collection of um, 20 short crime fiction stories in one anthology, and they are just juicy little nuggets of crime Mm. in a few short pages. Um, I actually heard about this book from Sarah Weinman's New York Times crime book review column. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. I kind of savored it a little bit. Like, I read a few stories. And, and like I said, they're they're short because there's 20 in this book. And then I waited a day or two and I'd read some more. But I picked for this theme because, honestly, crime is truly about ignoring all red flags. You're absolutely right. That is crime. And just leaning into bad decisions. Yeah. Which are what most of the characters are doing in the stories. But um, some of my favorites, there's one where, there's so many great twists in them. There's one where a a wife uh, thinks that um, her husband was murdered by his mistress, and now the mistress is after her, and there's a great twist in there. She Ooh. and wonderful. There's another one that kind of follows a serial murder on New York uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, there's just so many great stories. They're all kind of different in length. They're different in how they resolve. Some of them have a nice twist. Some of them go where you think it's going. So. It was a delight. That's terrific. And like I said, it's crime fiction. So these aren't true stories. Um, we're very used to true crime, I yeah, think, sometimes. Yeah. These are fiction stories, but I enjoyed it. And way to support a smaller press. Yes. Crooked Lane Books out here Ugh. giving us some more crime fiction. Giving us all the good crime all fiction. All the good crime fiction. I like that idea that basically crime is uh, lots of red flags and bad decisions. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the criminals just feel their tum-tums all the time? Just... Well, I, I think it depends. Like, I think certain criminals, there's there's crimes of, like, necessity and opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, sociopathic, psychopathic crime. And yeah. I think those people just don't have intuition. They don't have the tum-tum They don't signal. have the tum-tum. They don't yeah. have the feelings that put them on any side that makes them feel bad. Mm-hmm. They just know that they have to, you know, they want to do something. So, yeah. Hmm. But red flags everywhere. No one heeding a dang one. <laughs> Woo! And coincidentally, this is just a quick lesson. Victim, in this case, is used to mean like a victim of a crime. Like they might be murdered. Which is the definition of the word. Right. Yes. I just wanted to put that out there because it came to our attention twice this week in two different posts by trolls. Yes. That they didn't know how to use the word victim. (laughs) And I had sort of assumed that was like basis level English. But as it turns out, it's not. No. I forgot that one of them also said diet culture doesn't exist. Right. Huh. And I read that incorrectly at first. And I was like, well, 
No, that's like, at first I thought he was trying to say that a diet doesn't like that isn't something you can achieve. Like, because I'm so used to uh, reading right, it that way. Right, right, yeah. And then I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then I reread it. and I was like, oh, oh. okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? Neither do any of the characters in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so. Neither do your friends. No, no. Or and your that's followers. That's not a slam against anyone that does Dungeons and Dragons, not by the way. No. Delightful game. I've played it before. Yeah. <laughs> Just add something, but I'm not gonna. Not gonna. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Ugh, pop culture picks. Mm-hmm. I've got a movie. Mm-hmm. A movie film. A, a movie film. Movie film. Oh, I didn't think those existed. And this feels like a real movie film because it's black and white. What? This is artistic AF. Artistic movies don't exist. <laughs> new thing for everything that doesn't exist doesn't exist doesn't exist (laughs) happy thanksgiving thanksgiving doesn't exist (laughs) i love it let's do it okay all right so this movie film is called passing and this stars yeah yeah. it's pretty brand new it just came out on netflix it's called uh or it has uh tessa thompson Mm -hmm. and ruth nega and we meet Irene, who is played by Tessa Thompson, as she's out shopping in Manhattan in the 1920s. And you can tell she's kind of anxious. She's keeping her eyes down. She's getting tea at a fancy hotel. You can tell she feels a little out of place. And then an old friend, Claire, spots her. And it takes Irene a while to recognize her because Claire now has blonde hair and looks like a white woman. But both of them, Irene and Claire, are black women. Claire, because her skin is so light, mm-hmm. she and because she was raised in part by white relatives, she is passing, mm-hmm. meaning that she's pretending to be white, to be fully white. And it's gotten her far. She's very wealthy. She's married to a hot Alexander Skarsgård, Ooh. who just so happens to hate black people and talk about it a lot. Oh, no. So there's oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's a bad thing. Oh, yeah. no. So after this first meeting of Irene and Claire, Irene goes home to Harlem to her dark-skinned husband, to her dark-skinned boys. She's really bothered by the encounter. But Claire keeps contacting her, really wants to be friends wants to hang out in Harlem, wants to take on a new life or the life that she thinks she could have had if she didn't make this decision to pass. And they do become friends. For reasons Irene can't quite understand, there is some sort of connection there. She's fascinated by Claire, by this decision that she's made. She's also sort of repelled by that, Mm -hmm. maybe attracted a little Mm -hmm. bit too. But knowing that Claire has made this decision to pass, Irene goes back and forth on trusting her. She's like, well, this was sort of a suspect decision. Can I trust what you're doing elsewhere, especially with my husband? Oh, shoot. Okay. Meanwhile, Irene is also trying desperately to stop her husband from talking to her boys about the news because there's a bunch of lynchings happening in the south nearby she's like the kids are too young you don't need to be talking to them about this she wants them to be safe and ignorant of it all even though they're reaching the age where some of these boys have been lynched she wants them to live in this illusion of security and wealth Mm -hmm. and privilege and it all comes crashing together at the end okay and i chose it for this theme because I think it's a decision that starts this story, Claire deciding to pass as white. And it's a decision that Irene is back and forth on. She Sometimes she thinks this was a terrible decision that you did. Sometimes maybe it was a good decision. Maybe I just wasn't brave enough to try because I'm pretty light skinned too. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Could I have had this life too? Plus, I think the story is about red flags, but maybe the wrong ones. Like, Irene is obsessed with Claire and her life and the idea that maybe Claire isn't to be trusted because of her decisions. But at the same time, Irene is ignoring the reality of the life that her sons are going to be raised in. Right. She just wants to hide her head in the sand. She wants to ignore the reality of what most black Americans have to deal with in this time period. So I liked the idea of this movie for this theme because, like, what is a bad decision? Like, do you know it at the time? Is it only in hindsight that you can call a decision bad? Is Mm -hmm. it only in hindsight? Can you see the red flags, you know? Mm -hmm. I I think that nuance is really fascinating. And the actresses here are so freaking good. I love the idea of black and white, too, to deal with this issue of colorism because then you, you start to see, like... You can kind of see how she could pass as white and you could kind of see like it's really cool. 
Um, also, Alexander Skarsgård is so good at playing hot bad dudes. Yeah. Like, that's his niche. Yeah. And he's good at it. He is. He's repellent in every way except for the way his face looks. That's true. It reminds so. me of the book The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It really does, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so, yeah. So many interesting layers there that, you know, I've never had to think of before. Absolutely. So it was, yeah. And it's interesting, too, that this is happening in Harlem during the Harlem Renaissance, where a lot of white people keep coming up to Harlem to see, you know, the jazz and to see, like, the clubs and the yeah. writers and everything. So there's a lot of, like, you know... Uh, voyeurism and tokenism going on mm-hmm. and so it, le- it lends itself to a lot of interesting conversations and mm. and yeah Sounds it's uh, good. yeah definitely good okay well my pick this week is a two for one. Oh, you get a doozy oh my a goodness double a. okay a double a double a Double, it's not a oh, word. Double A. It's not got, a it. Word. got it. Got it. Got it. You were just pronouncing it. Yeah, I was fancy. Just pronouncing it fancy. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Take that troll. Use that. It's a real word. Fancy doesn't exist. Yeah. Fancy doesn't exist. Okay. So a long time ago, I listened to this podcast called The Shrink Next Door. Oh yeah. Long time ago. Put out by Wondery. Delightful. It's a short, like eight episode series. Yes. It was amazing. Loved it. Imagine my delight when mm. I found out that Paul Rudd, yes. Will Ferrell, yes. Casey Wilson Ugh. teamed up to put this on the screen in a series of episodes. Now, I'm doing something that we don't normally do, which is I'm recommending it before it's done. That was there's, my question. It's like, wait, is it already out? No, oh, there's only okay. four. There's four episodes. Okay. Out. So I'm doing that, but I can tell from where it's going. I know the story. Yeah. It's worth it. Excellent. And even, okay, if you decide that you don't want to watch the show, listen to the podcast about it. So the story is that Joe, he's um, a famous journalist or a a well-known journalist, um, lives in a house in the Hamptons. And his next door neighbor is a psychiatrist. And he's always noticed that like celebrities are going over there, all these popular people. And he's always kind of been intrigued by this guy. So he starts conversations with him. And then all of a sudden he's just gone and no one knows where he is. And then Joe finds out all of this other information about him, which is basically he's conned one of his people that came to him who would be played by Will Ferrell in the show. And Paul Rudd plays the psychiatrist. Yes, Paul Rudd plays the psychiatrist. He's conned him into giving him all of his money, into being estranged from his family, from making all these very crazy life decisions because it benefits the shrink. I won't tell you anything more because twists, turns, craziness. It's, it is so good. The story is so weird. And them playing it out on screen is just everything that you want it to be. Everything that you want it to be. It's a powerhouse and I love it and you should watch it. And there it is. I just, in my head, I started like going away because I like the idea of Paul Rudd playing bad. Uh Uh-huh. And I remembered like at least one other movie where he was. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a good look for him. Well, and he, it's great because there's an element. I mean, this guy had to be charming yeah, to get where he is. Yeah. And, he, and there's a few times that he sort of has to convince people that he's not doing what he's doing. And we all know that that's oftentimes how a con man gets away with stuff, yeah. right? He's charming or, you know, he seems like he's got it together. So why would you question it right. or doubt it, it? When everyone else is doing it. When everyone why, else is yeah. hook, line, and sinker, what does it matter? He's got these celebrity. He must be good. Celebrities mm-hmm. go to him. So it it is, it's a ride. I'm just going to say you that. And it was terrific casting. So good. And you're going to love it. Can we comment on Paul Rudd being the sexiest man alive? Yes. Are you happy about Congratulations. that decision? Congratulations, Paul. Yes. We know oh, you listen. People on a good decision. Yes. On a good decision. Good decision. I like it. And I see that uh, from another podcast I listened to that Casey Wilson declared herself as the sexiest woman alive because she's married to him in The Shrink Next Door. As she should. As you should. She's a beautiful woman. I like that she just decided to take part of that award. I like that too. Yeah. She just decided to own it. She's like, it's mine. Yeah. And I like that. And if our viewers haven't, our viewers, if our listeners haven't viewed, haven't viewed the wonderful two-part premiere of the selection of Paul Rudd as Sexiest Man Alive on Stephen Colbert. I'll link to it in the show notes because it is a good 15 minutes of pure delight. It is so great. Where Stephen Colbert is interviewing Paul Rudd to see his sexiness quotient. And there's a best in show component. It's amazing. There's, It's wonderful. It's everything you want it yeah. to be. And it's exactly why Paul Rudd is the yeah. sexiest man alive. Yeah. Honestly. Also, a- as you pointed out, 
like a long time ago, you said Paul Rudd never ages. Never and ages. then that was all I heard that week that that came out was everybody's like, why does he look so good? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Amy already cracked yeah, this. He this. doesn't age. Yeah. He's got a baby face. <laughs> And it's working for him. He's got the same face that he showed off in Clueless when we all fell in love with him. Right? It's good stuff. It is good stuff. I I feel like at least the country is moving in a good direction when that happens. That feels like, yeah, we can... We're riding the ship a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That and the Mm -hmm. fact that Kamala was president for an hour this weekend. An hour. Those are two good things. Just an hour. A lot of things are shitty right now. Those are two good things. Those are two shining spots. Yeah. And 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 that you've reached a level of fame where you have trolls. Oh God, I forgot. See, I forget about it. Like I'm so famous now. Like I just I forget. You just forget. You know? I know. Yeah. It's just part of the job. It's just part of you it. Get a troll. Like, whatever. Yeah. What? Okay. okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I tell you what. This has been a week for me of accidental hilariousness, yeah. and I've enjoyed every second yeah. that it's happened. Well, what I love about moments like that is mm-hmm. when I can take a screenshot and send it to you and be like, I have a troll. It was amazing. With, ex- with so many exclamation points. It was great. I My first reaction was fury. I'm not sure, going to lie. Sure. At first, I was infuriated. If, if if the roles were reversed, I'd feel the same way. Yeah, and I was, it was in the morning, and I was getting Mason ready for school, and I was drinking coffee, and I was so infuriated that I threw my phone on the couch, and he was <laughs> very concerned about what happened. He's like, what, what, what? And I was just like, I, I don't know how to break this down to a seven-year-old. Like, if I say you have a troll, that's going to be very intriguing to it's him. Gonna, yeah, he's going to want to see the troll. He's like, how do you catch one? Yeah. I want one. You have, like, a live one in your backyard with the cats? Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you how to catch a troll, Mason. Yeah. Be an intelligent woman. Be an intelligent woman on the internet and yeah. write something intelligent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Then That's you'll get a troll. Bound and determined. Getting a troll. Yep. Yeah. So I, and then immediately I thought, but wait, this, mm-hmm. this is actually an accomplishment. Yeah. This is not a detriment. This means you've arrived. Yeah. Listen, I've been taking pictures of great things that are happening as my book has been out you know like people posting pictures of it stuff like that and i've created a file that's called good stuff and i put those two screenshots in there because they make me laugh good absolutely i think anyone that doesn't know how to use the word victim (laughs) is trying to be hilarious and deserves to be in a good stuff folder full of misspellings misspellings. obviously they didn't read the article no that's what's so baffling to me so baffling, mm-hmm. which means that you're you literally spend your day just trolling mm-hmm. the internet to see mm-hmm. if you can find something to comment on that you didn't actually read. It's bizarre. I'm trying to get more than your bizarre. six followers. So bizarre. So bizarre. Well, we're never gonna fully crack the psyche of no, the troll. I don't want to, but I'm gonna delight in it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was us just <laughs> contemplating trolls. In case <laughs> that you didn't. was us thinking about. Our new nemeses. Yeah. And just staring Maybe off into the distance. In the Grudge Report, we need a, a tab that says trolls. Oh, yeah. Because we don't know enough about them to like don't actively know if they're meet, actual and I'm grudges. not going to find out. Right. I just, they should just be on a trolls list. Yes. Just FYI, you're on a trolls list. And then as we keep adding to it, mm-hmm. I mean, that feels like an accomplishment. And maybe we could make like a, a formula, like this many trolls equals this level. Yes. Yeah. This many trolls This many equals, means yeah. this many fire bushes. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Bring it on, trolls. Bring it on. With your crazy don't bring hair it on too hard. and your don't naked bellies. Don't anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. See, when you say trolls, I only think of those little toys. And then I think of the blue oh, hair and the little cute. navel. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you're harmless. Oh. What a only, cute little weirdo. only. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if only I had a live troll back with the cat colony. I mean, that, that'd be entertaining. And I would get Instagram famous. You would probably also have a built-in cat keeper. Like, you wouldn't. I would. Some of the burden would be shared. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That troll could assume the role of colony caretaker. Mm-hmm. And then I could see the cats just, like, hanging out on the troll all day. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well. That's the next moves to find a real troll. We will. We will. Capture him. That's that's the good news. And yeah. and we'll keep you updated all along the way. <laughs> so we'll be back in a couple weeks. In the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything. 
of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.